0: The Cellcast is recorded in front of a live streaming audience.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of The Cellcast. Joining me today is a man who just got a hankering for
2: Triple Mint gum. Welcome, Jacob and you just can't get the flavor out. It's just ridiculous, man. Anyways, why well, I think you let me do, sorry, our co-host, a man who, oh my gosh. If if, if I hear another thing about hockey, I might go kapuk over it. Welcome Drew. The funny thing is, is I don't even like hockey. It's fun. I'm sure it is. Yeah, definitely the live games. Oh my gosh, stadium. Oh my gosh, go do it. It's awesome.
1: But you're talking to a man who's only the only sport he actually can follow is baseball. Huh i really can't follow the other games well hockey's a lot more kinetic if you're talking about the fact that every once in a while it breaks out into a game of hockey when it's not like just fighting no it's not
2: <laughs> and then hockey is a lot more than just people throwing punches on the ice i know but that's the joke
1: that, yeah i know i know a good game of hockey is a, is a giant fight that yeah. every once in a while breaks out and people and, and uh boom people you know what I mean. Yes. Anywho. <laughs> yes, tonight we are reviewing the Disney Pixar film Inside Out, which mm-hmm. many claim was the last good Pixar film. Is it? I'm trying to think what besides uh, Onward came out after this that uh, might
2: qualify. Well, for tur- that. turning red was good. Turning it's red, yes.
1: Yeah, so, but I mean, that's. I, I mean, between COVID and this. Oh,
2: okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh disney pixar disney I mean, Good is, dinosaur was in there and i like good,
1: dinosaur, yeah, but good I, dinosaur
2: was different i'll admit it's not you know the best it's not everybody's cup of tea though
1: yeah the fact that it came out the same year as this movie kind of did not help it any no but i can't think of what other pixar films came out at this time i'm drawing a blank except i think this is when cars three came out Ugh. but we haven't touched any cars movies yet so we'll worry we'll get there when we get there exactly So, yeah, are you ready to jump into our spoiler-free thoughts on this? Exactly. Let's do this. Certified fresh and spoiler-free. I haven't seen this film since it came out in theaters, and it's not because it's a bad film. I think it's just there's so much to watch that uh, this one I just haven't touched in a while. Uh, But I did enjoy it. It's uh, probably one of the most creative Pixar movie to come out in the last couple of years, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, it's it's a good, fun movie. I have a couple of issues we'll get to later on. But, other yeah, it's definitely one to watch. I, I, I can't really tell, talk much more about it than that without getting into it. Right
2: uh i'm the same boat with you true like the last time i really sat down and actually watched this film was actually in theaters Mm -hmm. and again i was blown away by the the storytelling and the characters and the whole bit and uh watching it again be like i'm sitting there as a a, an adult man in and 40 and sitting there and be like by the end of the film i'm choking up how good! How good! Emotionally stirring, this movie is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I enjoy this movie tremendously, and I'm going to look. For, I'm looking forward to uh, going into our likes and dislikes.
1: All right, in that instance, why don't we? Yeah,
2: the following is
1: a spoiler-filled review for the movie Inside Out. Listener discretion is advised inside out was written and directed by pete doctor who also directed monsters incorporated mm-hmm. and ronnie del Carmen, who directed seven episodes of the television series freakazoid hmm. a show i've never seen before i'm going to have to torture you with that one right, right. i actually like freakazoid i think uh, you'll like it too but it is definitely a crazy television show of course it was also written by meg lefauve josh cooley michael Arndt, and simon Rich. Hmm. Getting into the cast, Amy Poehler plays Joy, Mm -hmm. and she's most famous for playing Leslie Knopp in uh, Parks and Recreation. Phyllis Smith plays Sadness, and uh, she played Phyllis Vance in The Office. I'm guessing you don't know any of these things. Nope. No idea. Here's one you'll know. Bill Hader was the voice of fear, and in the 2017 Power Rangers movie, he was Alpha 5. That's right. He was when he yeah. like, gosh, uh, Lewis Black plays anger. And apparently he played Santa Claus on SpongeBob SquarePants. Really? Yeah. That's hilarious. And Mindy Kaling was the voice of disgust. And she was the cause of the television show that must not be named. Yes. Elma. Yeah. Runner of Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Where's the real Rand? Please, guys. Go back and fix that, please. Uh, Richard Kind was the voice of Bing Bong, and uh, he was Monty in Tangled the Series, a.k.a. Rapunzel's villain. That's not the one. Um, Monty? Monty. Uh, enemy. And Rapunzel's enemy. enemy. That was yeah. the episode.
2: Yeah, very interesting episodes. All right. Go back and listen to those. We'll... Uh, Caitlin Diaz was the voice
1: of Riley. Mm -hmm. And, uh, in something called a very special episode, she played a character named Catherine and I could not figure out what any, this, what, what this show was. It was just the only thing it was the top of her most well-known for besides in this movie, really just doesn't have that much else to pick from. Okay. Diane Lane was the voice of mom and, uh, she was Martha Kent in the DC, uh, extended universe. That's right. She is. Kyle McLaughlin played Dad, and in the television series Twin Peaks, he played Dale Cooper. I think the that's the main investigator. Uh, okay. There again, I never saw Twin Peaks. And because this is still in the era where Pixar still like John Ratzenberger. Mm-hmm. Sad. I do wonder if not, since John Ratzenberger almost never shows up in these things, that he was considered their lucky rabbit's foot. Mm-hmm. If that's why their
2: movies aren't doing as good anymore. That could be. It's probably coincidence, but... True. Still. Pixar, just rehire him. Yes. And mend the bridges, get him back. And he He was uh, Mm. Cliff Clavin, of course, in Cheers. Yes.
1: (laughs) Among many other things, like Ham and Mm -hmm. Toy Story. Yes. Something in every Pixar movie. Kingdom Hearts Connections. Guess how many we have? Uh, Uh,
2: This is a 2017? Yes. I would probably guess more like six. You're one off. Up or down? Up. Okay. Seven. Seven. Okay.
1: We've got Keith Ferguson as additional voices in this movie. And he played Marluxia in Kingdom Hearts. Greg Berger, who was additional voices in this movie Mm -hmm. and was Eeyore in Kingdom Hearts. Ah. Of course, John Ratzenberger, who was Fritz in this movie. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he played Ham in Kingdom Hearts. Carlos Alazraki. My apologies if I spelled that wrong. He was the helicopter pilot and dad's fear in Inside Out, i.e. the Brazilian helicopter pilot. Yeah, that, my the, the mother's uh, emotions really liked. Yeah, that's And uh, he played Mike Wazowski in Kingdom Hearts. Patrick Seitz was additional voices in here. Any additional voices in Kingdom Hearts? Mary Gibbs played was additional voices in here. Do you know what she is most famous for? Mary Gibbs. Yes. I've heard that. It's uh, monsters incorporated. Okay. She played boo. Oh, okay. So when she was what? Two years old, she did that role. Yeah. And, uh, they used her archival audio from that in kingdom hearts. Okay. For boo in that movie. Okay. For that game. And Brett book. Sorry. Brett Brooke Parker who played the bad actress in this movie mm-hmm. in the, uh, dream sequence. Yeah. Dream. Uh, yeah. She was the trailer mom in kingdom hearts. I.e., they did, they showed one of the scenes, you know, from monsters incorporated yeah. where, uh, 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 what is the purple monsters name? Uh, that's the villain in monsters incorporated.
2: Um, uh, that's a good question. You know, I
1: know. It, it, uh, he shows up in the trailer and they go and goes, and it's obviously somewhere in uh, the boonies in Louisiana it says, mom, an alligator's got inside the trailer again. That's right. That character. Ah, that's who I'm talking about. That's who she played in kingdom. Hearts. Oh, okay. I got Not you. the same line, but it's meant to be that same moment. Yeah.
2: What do we got in info and stuff info and stuff. So let me get to my notes real fast there we go all right so info and stuff uh, imdb has an 8.1 at its ten. to so be able to watch on disney plus if you subscribe to disney plus or if you have the blu-ray or dvd or mm-hmm. ultra hd whatever uh production was walt disney pictures and pixar Animated studios distributed by walt disney studios motion pictures release date where do you think it was first viewed on May 18th, 2015. Not 2017, like I said before, but 2015. Where was this movie first? Viewed? Roman's
1: Chinese Theater. Eh,
2: wrong. Guess again. Still somewhere in L- LA. Hmm.
1: It's the closest I'm going to get. Cannes Film Festival. Okay. Was it Cannes? Mm-hmm. I don't remember where Cannes is. I
2: don't remember either, but we're going to move I think forward. It's
1: in France.
2: Anyway, yeah, anyways, uh, so it premiered state uh, throughout the United States on June 19th of the same year, going into box office. It had estimated budget of 175 million dollars. Uh, its opening weekend for the United States was 90.4 million dollars on June 21st. It's uh, us. gross in Canada. Gross was three hundred and fifty-seven point nine million dollars, and its uh, global gross is eight hundred and fifty-eight point eight million dollars. Okay. Uh, home release Inside Out was released on digital download on October fifteenth. This was followed by a DVD and DVD and Blu-ray. In following that November, physical copies contained behind-the-scenes featurettes. Audio commentaries, deleted scenes, and two shorts: uh, "Lava" and "Riley's First Date." If you haven't seen "Riley's First Date," it's actually kind of funny. So, yeah. highly recommend. Lava's going. good too. Lava is really good too. I, don't get me wrong, that's really good. Because uh, I watched this last like late last night, because me and Drew had a really good conversation after Bible study, mm-hmm. and I got home late and watched it, and it was like, you know what? This is nine minutes, so this isn't gonna take long. So yeah, it's, it's worth, it's, it's probably maybe like four minute, four or five minutes. It's worth your time. Go watch it. And Lava is really good too. Um, all right. Uh, home media release was a success uh, being the best selling home release in November and the number five rental back in the day, there was rentals uh, during its release week, about 57% of its sales were on Blu-ray A 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray version was released in 2019. The physical release has earned about $97.8 million by 2015. Mm -hmm. Sequels. Because they just can't leave good movies alone. So a sequel titled Inside Out 2, surprise, surprise, and nobody
1: it may get another name closer we get to release.
2: Yeah, right.
1: Like Inside Out the sequel.
2: Maybe. They're actually making a, they're actually it, making they're it, actually making a series. That doesn't
1: surprise me. Yeah. Of course uh, if we know it's I would say it would be about puberty. Except I looked through the IMDb list to see if the same when I was doing the cast list to see, oh, surely these people are coming back for the sequel. Mhm. None of the uh, Riley is not in
2: the sequel from what I can tell Mm, not yet gotta place the setting somewhere in there that is true Uh, let's see it has been announced to be in development for June 14th 2014 release the film will follow Riley as a teenager with a new set of personal personalized emotions um Amy how do you pronounce her last name Polar Polar yeah Polar Amy Poehler will prize her um, her royal as Joy, while Mandy Keeling and Bill Hader mm-hmm. uh, will not return as disgusting fear. Uh, following reports of a contract dispute on June 20 on June 2020, uh doctor confirmed that uh, Doctor had confirmed that Sadness would return to the film uh, series. A television series based on Inside Out is being developed by Pixar. Soul and Luca writer Mike Jones will be developing the series. So that's all I have for info and stuff.
1: All right, getting into the summary. Within the mind of a young girl named Riley are the basic emotions that control her actions. Joy, sadness, fear, disgust, and anger. Her experiences become memories stored as colored orbs, which are sent into long-term memory each night. The aspects of more five most important core memories within her personality incorporate the form of five floating islands joy acts as leader and she and the rest of the emotions try to limit sadness's influence at the age of 11 riley moves from minnesota to san francisco for her father's new job at first she has poor experiences the new house is cramped and old her father hardly had any time for her due to him needing to set up his new job a local pizza parlor only serves pizza topped with your favorite topping, Jacob broccoli, blah, which she dislikes. And the moving van with their belongings was misdirected to Texas. On, Riley, on Riley's first day at her new school, sadness retroactively turns joyous memories sad, which causes Riley to cry in front of her class and creates a sad core memory. Joy tries to dispose of it using a vacuum tube, but accidentally knocks the other core memories loose during a struggle with sadness, disabling the personality islands. Joy and sadness and the core memories are sucked out of the headquarters. In joy and sadness's absence, anger, fear, and disgust are forced to take control of Riley and try to make happy core memories. But the results are disastrous, distancing Riley from her parents, friends, and hobbies. Without the core memories, her personality islands gradually crumble and fall into the memory dump where things fade to non-existence as they are forgotten. Finally, anger resolves to run away to Minnesota, believing it will restore Riley's happiness. While navigating the the vast long-term memory area, Joy and Sadness encounter Bing Bong, Riley's imaginary friend, who suggests riding the train of thought back to headquarters. After several adventures and mishaps, the trio finally catch the train. However, it halts when Riley falls asleep. Then derails entirely with the collapse of another island. Afraid that all of the core memories will become sad, Joy abandons Sadness and tries to ride a recalled tube back to headquarters. The ground below the tube collapses, breaking it and sending joy and Bing Bong plunging into the memory dump. After discovering a sad memory turned happy when Riley's parents and friends confronted her, joy understands sadness's purpose of alerting others when Riley is emotionally overwhelmed and needs help. Joy and Bing Bong try to use Bing Bong's chant, a uh, song fueled wagon rocket to escape the memory dump. They fall they fail to fully ascend due to their combined weight until Bing Bong jumps out of at the last moment and fades away. Joy reunites with Sadness and they return to headquarters, discovering that Anger's idea has disabled the console, putting Riley in depression as she boards a bus to Minnesota. To the surprise of others, Joy hands control of the console to Sadness, who is able to reactivate it and prompt Riley to return to her parents. As Sadness reinstalls the core memories, transforming them from happy to sad, Riley tearfully uh, confesses to her parents that she misses her old life. Her parents comfort her and admit that they also miss Minnesota. Joy and sadness work the console together, creating a new core memory consisting of happiness and sadness. A new island forms representing Riley's acceptance of her new life in San Francisco. A year later, Riley, now at the age of 12, has adapted to her new home, made new friends, and returned to her old hobbies after acquiring a few new ones. Inside headquarters, her emotions admire Riley's new personality islands and are given a newly expanded console with room for them all to work together. Getting into the trivia for this, according to director Peter Doctor, each emotion is based on a shape. Joy is based on a star, sadness, a teardrop, Mm -hmm. anger, a firebrick, fear, a raw nerve, and disgust is broccoli. You know that he hates broccoli, that he likes broccoli very much, however. What is wrong with this person? Some of the memory balls in Riley's mind contain scenes from other Pixar movies, such as Carl and Ellie's Wedding in Up. 2009 which we still need to review yes the writers considered up to 27 different emotions but settled on uh the five of joy sadness disgust fear and anger to make it less complicated some of the major emotions that ended up being cut include surprise pride and trust yeast of eden is based on a bake, which is the uh the pizza place Mm. Uh, is based on a bakery located near Pixar studios. It only serves one kind of pizza each day. And broccoli is one of the toppings. Mm. When Pete doctor and Jonas Riviera pitched the idea to the pitch the film to Mindy Kaling, she was moved to tears and said, I think it's great that you guys are making a film that shows us difficult to grow up and that it's okay to be sad about it. According to Pete doctor, they then exclaimed quick, write that down. Good idea. Director Pete Docter has said that Bing Bong's voice actor, Richard Kind, was actually crying while recording the line, Take her to the moon for me, okay? Kind later admitted to this. Also, the cast crew reportedly cried while recording the scene. In the course of the film, Joy experiences all five of the basic emotions— Joy being her overall demeanor, anger at sadness's actions, disgust towards Riley's dream boyfriend, fear towards Jangles the Clown, and finally sadness in the memory dump. Lastly, in the scene where Riley's dream about her new house turns into a nightmare, the music playing in the background is from the Disneyland attraction, The Haunted Mansion.
2: Ah. Hmm.
1: So... What is your first
2: dislike for this? Your first like for this film. Wow. We're going to different. He <laughs> did. My first like of this film is how the writing is done with psychology. And psychology in mind of the mind, the human condition. Uh, mental health is a, is a big thing. And uh, I know a lot of, I, i, I believe, like, you know, back in the, you know, back, you know, 20 years ago, like this idea of mental health wasn't really a thing but now it's come more to the forefront and you have a film like this who is expressing mental health uh, definitely when you're dealing with a preteen or a tween and who would be like for those who all of us have been a preteen at one point and we're, you know, those emotions are coming out. We don't know how to control them and you're just a, like an emotional mess the mm-hmm. entire day. So I remember those days. They weren't fun. And the idea that you, that a part of you shifts and it changes. So we, we get that in Riley, it's because Riley is this happy go lucky little kid when she's little, but when she goes into her her pre adolescence in her preteen years, it's just this emotional change, and you see that. I enjoy that because it's mm-hmm. this idea that like joy and sadness are ejected from headquarters because now it's more these mixed emotions mixed emotion that you don't know what's going to happen next. Cause it's cause you're not, you're not overwhelmingly joy, joyful, nor are you overwhelmingly sad. So you're just kind of in the funk, you're depressed at the time. So I enjoy that for the story itself. And you have um, Riley's journey along with the emotions journey of trying to get home. Or in this case, Riley's trying to get back to where she's from because she misses everything and the other emotions don't know how to be joy when they should simply be themselves and it doesn't really work well. <laughs> but I enjoy the story for what it is. I enjoy where they go with the mental health. I enjoy with the the emotional state mm-hmm. of the characters, who they are. They're they're represented fairly well. Uh, I do have some questioning of why you have so many of one person positive emotion and everything else is a negative emotion so i'm just i'm he's a teenager oh i know that but that's like everybody else in the movie are those five that's... emotions well i mean those are the main ones I, I agreed but i just we'll get there when we get there anyway but i enjoy the i enjoyed the story for what it is it is very well done very well written Has like so many depths and layers of like psychology of talking, you know, Mm -hmm. within the human mind and what people go through, and I enjoy that. I enjoy that aspect of the film. So it's story. My first like for this film is the visual storytelling.
1: Yes, your first thought is like, okay, yeah, inside the mind, there's Mm -hmm. there's going to be a lot of you know, different, like, imaginative ways of showing things. Like, yeah. uh, uh, of course, you got the imaginary friend, Bing Bong. The uh, different islands are all kind of abstract um, designs mm-hmm. on of those concepts uh, but, and different things like that. But that's mm-hmm. not necessarily what I'm referring to. Okay. Even though that is there. I am mainly referring to out in the real world. Mm-hmm. especially riley herself at the beginning of the film while she is still you know her happy-go-lucky self primarily through joy's uh help mm-hmm. she is wearing kind of a yellow striped shirt mm-hmm. throughout that part of the thing after her uh as as the scenes going by, you know everything's bright and cheerful at the beginning mm-hmm. of the film, and she's like I said, she's wearing that yellow shirt. As the movie continues, and when they first get to the house, everything is gray and dreary, and mm-hmm. not the beautiful place they were hoping it was going to be. And then you get to, uh, and slowly, you'll, if you'll notice from the beginning of the film to the end, her shirt changes color. It starts off as that bright, shiny yellow, like I said, mm-hmm. but when she's on the bus, it is. Gothic black. Yeah. For lack of a better way of describing oh, it. I mean, it is pitch black. Yeah. When she's going through her full on depression mm-hmm. stage. Yes. And the, there's just almost, there's color on the screen during those scenes. Mm-hmm. In the but it's all world, washed out. And it's all, and all washed out and dirty and mm-hmm. grungy and very depressing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even the uh, scenes that we, uh, like the hockey rink when she gets angry is all very. Um, and it's obviously looks like a hockey rink and has, mm-hmm. I kind of have the feeling of cold, but it almost you, you just does you can tell it just does not have visually, it does not have the pull it normally would have mm-hmm. for her. Um, and I just appreciate the way they th- through the visual storytelling during the real life scenes how they kind of show you what Riley's emotional state is. When the irony is we've been following her emotional state far closer with her actual emotions this whole time. But uh, yeah, uh, the creative, the, the visual storytelling is what I'm.
2: My, this is gonna be my first like. Okay, what's your second? My second like would actually be Bing Bong. Bing Bong is a character. Mm-hmm. This character be like he pops out of nowhere. We really don't know who he is until like the middle of the film, and he's introduced who he is, and Joy's all excited and be like, oh my gosh, be like Bing Bong is the, oh I'm actually recognized by some the 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 prime emotions. Which is like okay, I'm actually recognized. Of course, they recognize him. He's Riley's imaginary friend. They saw him all the time. Exactly. So you have this, you know, good. Be like, in a lot of ways, it the story kind of leads you to believe that something's going on with Bing Bong that he's somehow like trying to sabotage things, which in truth he's not. Like he's just trying to help these, you know, help these two Mm -hmm. emotions where he can help Riley because obviously he's he is a lost imaginary friend who is not forgotten but still there if he has an ulterior motive mm-hmm. it is just that he will be remembered again yeah exactly that's that's the, the primary motivation of him but uh because like when you first see him in the film he's taking memories he's not be like it's not core memories you actually say.
1: they refuse you you don't get to see him but you see a uh a Connection of to him, like really early on the film when Riley's soul kid, because mm-hmm. she's singing his theme song at one point. That's right. That's right. That's right. Just throwing that in there. Yeah, that's right. Full a little, little,
2: little continuity thing. thing. True. Very true. So, like in the 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 character who is just wanting to be remembered, and I think that's a lot of us in you know so many ways that we want to be remembered. Uh, either we want to remember our childhood, or we want to remember something great. And just like Bing Bong, he wants to be remembered. Mm-hmm. and uh and then you have the the moment where our characters are thrust into or are are banished to the uh what do they call that area the memory dump the memory dump the memory dump and uh i i love that moment it's, it's so tear-jerking mm-hmm. it's such an to you know use the you know the lack of a word emotional it's an emotional scene where bing bong willingly sacrifices himself in order for joy to get to the the uh, the rim of the dump and it's just this this idea be like he be like being like he doesn't have to continue on as as long as what he did when he was prevalent mm-hmm. prevalent in riley's imagination that be like, that's what matters. That's what matters. And, uh, because there again, I don't think this movie really be like, it has a quote unquote villain, but it's not really a villain. I don't even know if it's really got a villain. Yeah.
1: I think it's got more. You've got a situation and you've got things that kind of take place. If, Someone is "quote unquote" a villain. Technically, it would be Joy. It would be Joy, but she comes around. I mean, I'll she Unless sh- you're just going to count uh, Mr. Jingles or Jangles, whatever the, name the clown was.
2: <laughs> that was just more. Oh my gosh! And it's like, yeah. Be I mean, like, I didn't have a fear of clowns. I was more scared of snakes. But uh bear. bear. But I know a lot of people were scared, just terrified, petrified of clowns. So yeah. But it was just like Bing Bong's arc as a character that he is Riley's childhood imaginary friend mm-hmm. and he is willing to sacrifice his existence to be uh, forgotten from Riley's memory in order to safeguard Riley's future and at that point i'm getting choked up i'm like oh my gosh this is amazing because if we if we take if we extrapolate that and give it more of like a christian viewpoint is that what's what christ did for us mm-hmm. like when he died on the cross for us a willing sacrifice and not um, like what the world wants to say or be like oh no because be like he was he was just a good example he was a good teacher no he was the son of god came down to earth to um Be a living sacrifice for us, that we will have eternal life with him through his shed blood. So it's you know the the same almost the same analogy where Bingma gives of his essence, gives of his life, gives of a memory to secure Riley's future. Mm -hmm. Which we we like we knew that be like it was a matter of time. We knew what was going to happen at the end of the film, but this emotional tear-jerking moment and i'd be like i think we said before that uh pixar really hasn't gone back to this, this like is the last less, like really good deep storytelling yeah and it's it's sad because like for us who grew up watching pixar or watching disney
1: mm-hmm.
2: and uh and now we look at the state of what disney is now hopefully they can you know quote unquote pull themselves up by their bootstraps which you can't But, um, yeah, it's just, it's this, this amazing, this amazing journey of what Bing Bong does as character. It's very well done. And yeah, it's, it's Bing Bong. It's Bing Bong. I love this character. I love his design. It is so much of a three-year-old, two-year-old's imagination. Yeah. It's not even funny. But yeah, Bing Bong is my second like.
1: My second like is uh, the emotions, Mm. the entire idea of, you know, obviously Joy's in control because she's been in control since the beginning, uh, and she just wants to make her happy. And then poor sadness Mm -hmm. is just there and no one knows what to do with her. Mm -hmm. Anger, they can see how anger has a point. (laughs) They can see how fear has a point. You can see how disgust has a point. And I think the characterizations of, uh, all those characters is done very well. Yes. Uh, I especially like how happy anger is, is. Ooh, let me use the good curse word. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, the other thing I like is the fact that, um, in all, when we do get to see the emotions mm-hmm. in other people's minds, Oh, that's how hilarious. that tells you so much about, uh, those characters are yeah the dad's uh, main emotion i the leader was anger Mm -hmm. moms was sadness Mm -hmm. we won't talk about the dog or the cat because that was just dogs (laughs) and cats being dogs and
2: cats well i i would say i would say this when it comes to the emotions of the dogs and cats the the dogs are more like okay we've got a plan what we're gonna do but it's just a dog cat it's all over the place (laughs) and the cat just walking here walking here doesn't care and this this the the scene we're referring to is at the end of the movie is at the end of the film where the cat just standing there and then all of a sudden just meow, hilarious
1: well i mean they started playing with the console and i've seen so that was an orange cat wasn't it that means it had one brain so
2: no it wasn't an orange cat it was no
1: one it was a tuxedo it was a tuxedo cat okay yeah never mind it just cat saw something strange and that's how the emotions caused it to happen yeah I'm going to wig out, but, <laughs> Not uh, something, but it's, it's showing, you know, all the emotions of the other. My favorite one was, uh, the teenage boy talking to Riley. Oh my gosh. And, it, and you can see his brain is broken. They go, it's like, it's a girl,
2: it's a girl, it's a girl. We don't know what to do.
1: <laughs> Been there, done that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I love just how you can tell just by looking at who's in charge in these, mm-hmm. uh, in these brains, who it is and and plus there's a nice little sweet thing um the moms uh at the in the early when they're getting right when uh they're trying to figure out what's wrong up with riley before they ground her Mm -hmm. um the back and forth between not the humans necessarily but the mom's emotions and the dad's emotions and the mom's emotions get fed up and they just start thinking back to their hot brazilian pilots (laughs) from uh that was
2: perfect that was perfect but the sweet
1: moment is Mm -hmm. they get to the end and the her anger after seeing how sweet the father's being Mm -hmm. about the face paint and such she throws the uh thing behind says, "Eh, we don't need that anymore first fear being fear goes and grabs just in case just in case you never know (laughs) you never know but yeah i i I thought that was sweet and Mm -hmm. I, i just loved how they didn't even have to explain who those emotions were and the others just like oh that looks like anger but mm-hmm. yet it's a uh, guy a mustache that's dad that's mm-hmm. dad's anger so and so you can just easily tell just by looking and of course the whole thing about putting get him getting ready to put his foot down mm-hmm. it's, like, it's like it's like DEFCON 2 and we're back, it's like we're getting skid- mm-hmm. set up an atomic bomb oh yeah <laughs> which is like ah that could have been a disaster go over to mom's mind well that was a disaster <laughs> it's like what were you what was he thinking and apparently everybody has triple mint gums jingle stuck in their heads (laughs) oh my gosh we just send that up whenever uh yeah like it Mm -hmm. just for the heck of it but yeah so yeah that's my what was that second
2: second like that's my second like what's your third mine would be joy's journey joy's journey of being be like she's the one she's the one who started mm-hmm. she's the one who is primarily in control and is so worried that sadness is going to ruin everything and she she's the one who like obviously she's the, the emotion she's the the primary primarily primary emotion and it's this has a grip on control and doesn't want to lose control and where sadness does something is, Oh my gosh, you're mm-hmm. being an interference. You were being this annoyance. You're, you're ruining everything where it's this journey where we like, they get sucked out of the headquarters into the memory, into the memory banks. And it's just this amazing journey of these two characters who are trying trying to work together. And Mm -hmm. eventually they do wind up up working together and understanding their roles in Riley's life as a character. And where that that big moment where Joy understands that sadness isn't just um, you want to put her in the back because you don't want to be sad. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's be like that moment where she allows sadness to take control. And what sadness does is allows other people to, you know, be like, Hey, I'm not feeling well. Yeah. Be like, I need to be like, I need support. I need help. And, uh, like a lot of us, but like when we get sad, we want to just push it down. Be like, we want to be happy. we gonna be happy. Push it down, push it down, way down. But be like, when you push emotions down, it doesn't help anything. It just boils back over. So if you allow your emotions to come out, I'm not saying you be controlled by your emotions, because if you're controlled by your emotions, be like, you don't know what the, your mood's going to change from day to day. So in that regard, uh, I, I enjoy, I enjoy, it's, it's hard not to use the the primary words with this, mm-hmm. but it is, it, is a, it is a joy to see a character go through that kind of character emotional arc from being, I have to be in control, and everybody has to stand aside because I'm going to make everything right, Yeah. to by the end of the film, which was a very gratifying moment where joy went, okay, you're in control for a moment. Let's see how this goes. And it just is such a beautiful moment. And then it's, it is just, it is just, it is, it's wonderful. It's a wonderful moment to see a character grow in that kind of spance of time. And to, you are not fully in control. Mm -hmm. You are not fully in control with everything. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a wonderful arc for a character. I just enjoy her journey. That's my number three. My third like is the uh, events
1: in the Dream Studio. Oh my gosh, yes! Because Joy is just trying to make oh she's gonna get happy and that's gonna wake her up, mm-hmm. and it's, it's like yeah, that since when has that ever happened? Mm-hmm. But uh, they they the whole thing was like, and she of course the the Dream filter comes in and it turns everyone into what they're supposed to look like instead of just you know the emotional abstract oh, yeah. look of things. Which is great when they're jumping around the dog as the dog on both sides, and it's like, okay, yeah, that's cute. And then they separate out, and I remember my thinking, "What does that look like? That's that's a horror. Can you show that on in a movie for kids?" Three seconds later, they showed that in a movie for kids. It just looks like they cut a hot dog in half. <laughs> yeah, which <laughs> is like that works. That works perfectly. It works. And then jangles the clown show. Oh my up. gosh! Like, yes,
2: that wakes. <laughs>
1: that's gonna wake her up
2: it's her worst nightmare
1: <laughs> yes but then all the other little things like how they were showing, especially like when they're going into the, the house mm-hmm. at that one point and the dead rat uh, comes up and says come live with me Riley oh that was great that was so good <laughs> those things are not supposed to be like it, no. it's almost like things, something you wouldn't think about because you eventually do forget these things in reality yeah. but watching that was like oh that is funny it's just abstract enough that it doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I follow the th- train. Mm-hmm. Pardon the pun. I followed the train of thought. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. So, yeah, that's my uh, third like was, yes, Dream Studio.
2: Yeah. So, uh, dislikes. Dislikes. What's uh, your first dislike? My first dislike is this film. I started this as my third like. So, I'm going to start it as my first dislike Joy's Misguided Effort. So, there again, you have Joy, who is the primary emotion. She's the first emotion. And there again, she has to be in control. She's the control freak. She has to be in control. Riley cannot be sad. She cannot be angry. She has to be all of this. So, everything has to be in control. And at points, it gets a bit, a bit annoying, a bit overwhelming in a lot of ways, where Joy be I mean, like, even to the other emotions. Be like, if you're not sadness or joy, you're just trying to copy everybody else's emotion that, you know, those two emotions, because it'd be like, if you're not those two emotions, it's like, you're, you're not really that important unless you just, you're the comedic timing of angry. And it's like, it gets a bit uh, daunting. It's a little daunting when it comes to like, because, Everything doesn't have to be happy, as we all know this. It just it's it gets a little tiresome. It's a little tiresome from here to there. The joy is trying to fix everything, trying to fix everything, and there again, she's the lead emotion. I get it, but it's more of a nitpick than anything that that our other emotions aren't really being emotions are trying to be their emotions. They're trying to be joy or sadness at some point. And so if we really don't get to see who they are as characters for the most part, except for little glimpses here and there, but they're trying, just trying to copy either joy or sadness in some capacity. And I'd be like, even I think even the trivia at some point had said that joy as the emotional joy goes through all the other emotions, which Mm -hmm. is, kind of weird but it's interesting so that's my first dislike
1: my first dislike for this film in the scene where uh joy is trying to find where sadness has gone and she's saying if i were sadness what uh, what would i be doing right now mm-hmm. and she starts acting like sadness and then she she finally as she's you know laying on her back waiting to be dragged somewhere sees that All the orbs are being turned turned blue blue. on the bottom. Mm -hmm. My problem is, none of those orbs were blue before she noticed them. If you look in the shots, yeah, before that they're not blue to before that point, and yet she's not on screen. So, what happened there? (laughs) Granted, that's more animation error than anything else, right? But it's like as, that was a weird. There, there should have been more visual clue to us which way to go, and that Joy was just not seeing it. Yeah, it's just not there at all. It's that's really my first dislike
2: is that weird little animation error. Uh, okay, I got gotcha. you. What's your second? My second, like, actually, I saw it on the chat, and I was like, you know what? That's a good point, uh, RC R- Steph. Uh, So I think I know where you're coming from. So if I'm wrong, let me know in the chat. So uh, the, the idea that how they want to wake up Riley, even though they know, right. Be like, they know her inside out point pun intended. Like they use her worst fears to wake her up. It's not, Oh, let's be creative. Let's not try to scare the girl and like scare our best girl because we want her, her best interests in mind. No, no, no. Let's just let's, you know, find a nice plot convenience to be thrown into the the closet where all the oh. the hideous things are.
1: Okay, I'm gonna have to fight you a touch on this.
2: Yeah, but I'd be like I, I find it clever in some capacities, but you're using her worst fears against her just for your own benefit to wake up for you can get on the train. I understand it's a plot convenience, but at the same time you're abusing your parent, you're abusing your own kid, your own girl. So I, I completely get where you're talking about. Oh, okay. so, so,
1: so, 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 so let me maybe not correct you, but maybe yeah. push back a little. Okay. She tried the happy way. Oh yeah. Of waking Riley up and sure. it didn't work they realized that the way to scare some um, somebody yeah. not scare but a way to forcibly wake somebody up yeah is a nightmare so they get ha- not admittedly they happen to find her worst fears yeah. not too far from dream studio yeah. but to some degree that kind of makes sense and it, who's to say that there's not interests mm-hmm. to that uh yeah. subconscious all around that thing they just have that just have to be the one they're close to yeah and that's the one that happened to get bing bong because bing bong was crying candy tears mm-hmm. like, which makes sense right and of course the clown followed that and the clown fell asleep after he threw bing bong in a being bing, bing bong mm-hmm. in a balloon jail which i thought was funny uh <laughs> i it was a good way to handle that trope so Bing Bong's awake, or he's right there. If there's anything that's going to wake up Riley, yeah, it's Jangles the Clown. I, I'm I'm fully aware of this, yes. But I, I think and she some... tried it the other way and realized that's not going to work, and she had to go with Sadness's plan, which was scare her
2: awake. Hmm. Yeah, agreed. I'm huggers. not saying
1: you're wrong. No, I, no. Yeah.
2: But there's like, what else did you expect them to do to wake her up? Yeah, true. But I, just, I, I found it more of like a, a plot convenience where it was like, Oh, they just wind up getting themselves thrown in there. And the convenience is like, Oh, there's okay, Jango, the clown
1: getting into their, where they, where, they, where the guards, which ironically were uh, uh, Dave goals. And, uh, Oh, what's his name? They're two Muppet actors. Oh, okay uh plays yoda as a director now oh um frank oz frank oz it's frank oz and dave goals aka miss piggy and gonzo really yeah oh that's, wow. who, that's who people were wow they are st- and because dave goals is playing guard uh frank mm. and frank oz <laughs> is playing guard
2: dave oh that's hilarious and that so is, they I... see them there, they go
1: Hey, you're not supposed to get out of here. Get back in there. Get back in there. Yeah. Admittedly, that is convenient. It is convenient. But they're able to get in there. I, But frankly, it's, at that point, it was like, we don't need them trying to sneak in past other guards. Just let them get in there. Yeah. I don't know. That's just me. Yeah. I understand it. it bugs you, but it doesn't bug me at
2: all. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I found it's a little bit of a block convenience, but be like, it makes sense why they did it, but it's a little more of a plot convenience to me. But but if they're you right your way to the plot convenience, is it really plot convenience? Yeah.
1: Or anyway, yeah, you you write, know, we got we got there without it standing out to me other than oh that was convenient. Yeah, that is Just, true. But I can also logic my way around it where it's
2: not a big deal. That is true. By the way, I do I be you, you like your your explanation uh, mm-hmm. artsy stuff? Yes, totally get it. Yes. So, yes, that is my second dislike. My second
1: dislike... (sighs) Why do we have to kill Bing Bong? (laughs) Look, I get it. I get it. He's an imaginary friend. He's supposed to be forgotten. Yeah. And she is at the age where if you suddenly had an imaginary friend that you remembered... And you stalks are talking to them, they would think you're a little cuckoo for Cuckoo puffs. A, yes. a little. Just a little. Just little. So I, I get it, but admittedly it's a very well written scene. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Uh, the way they handle it, because you see the look on you can just see Bing Bong's brain working. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Oh, I know what he's gonna have to do because mm-hmm. it's not working with him there, and he's gonna have to he's being your counterweight. Oh, okay. But at the same time, going, why would she kill Bing Bong? He was great. You could have found a place to hide him in Imagination Land. There with a uh, uh, guy who's supposed to be the uh, Edward from from Twilight. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I'm sorry. That's who I immediately I, thought I, I, I of. Totally I totally get it. Saw Riley. Saw the imaginary boyfriend is like, oh, that's hilarious. I would die for Riley. <laughs> yes, but would she
2: die for you? <laughs> mm Hmm. Edward, and go, terrible and, character. Yeah, but that's who I immediately saw. Yeah, understood. I saw him, I like, Completely understand. I, I think even there's a there's a reference at the very end of the film where it's like, oh, that's you know, Vampire Town or whatever you know twi- obviously of twilight reference but right that i totally get but it's like
1: you could have found a way to keep him around i mean maybe riley gets nostalgic for her childhood and she remembers bing bong she doesn't talk to him because she's not crazy but yeah you know, yeah it's it's it's, it's fond childhood memories. memories yeah you could have done that without killing him completely yeah I mean, do you remember Bing Bong after he goes? Is he still hanging out in her memory vault? The the right. memories of Bing Bong. Right. Bing. Are they still right. in the memory vault? Mm. That's not explained. No, it's not. But anyway, yeah, it's That's just a... like you killed Bing Bong. Yeah. Why would you kill Bing Bong? Or are you trying to kill us? Are you trying to make us <laughs> sad? Yes. And you are trying to. Make they, it did, sad, they did. They did kind of an excellent point. job with that because they had to have. Uh, they actually had to have joy, not just. Feel the sadness that she felt down in the memory dump. She had to be kicked in the butt after it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, she, where it's like, you get it now, Joy? You get it now?
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah, they killed Bing Bong. Why did you kill Bing Bong? That's yeah. my second dislike. What's your third? My my third dislike would be the... so most of us remember our childhood. We don't remember everything in our childhood. So in the movie, they kind of explain it away it's like, they mm-hmm. kind of just dump all this excess memory to, for, you know, to store more memory. Yes. And my thought was, it's like, okay, but you're deleting like really hard, like hardcore memories just because they're faded. But and they don't
1: matter to her anymore. Apparently they How many don't matter. Important memories. Have you, had that you've forgotten and don't even realize
2: hmm that's a good point mm-hmm. that is a good point but it's but in some small ways be like you still do remember them but you just don't be like it's just kind of fuzzy they
1: don't get rid of all of the faded memories it looks like they're getting rid of pretty much the worst ones they're well, not the worst ones but the the most faded like, yeah the ones they talk about it's like okay. US presidents Remember George and remember Abe, let everyone else go. Yeah. And then and what was the other one? The the pink pony princess. I don't phone know numbers. Phone numbers. Phone numbers. We, phone numbers was yeah. one of them. Uh, but yeah, those are things that we forget all the time. Yeah. Oh yeah, I so agree. It makes sense that if she's not yeah. Using Oh yeah, them, I agree. Faded. She's not actively call, calling them back up, so yeah. they're not you know refreshing. Yeah. Uh. Does kind of mean the triple mint gum one needs to be like constantly bright. Yeah, exactly. Because it it's just constantly just all time. time.
2: So, yeah, but like we have these core memories we remember as kids. Right. And those little memories we have very vague memories of. And like, yeah, it be like you're going to have memories you just no longer remember. But your parents, obviously, your <coughs> relatives or friends are going to remember that you did this, but you just have no memory of it. But it's just like there, there was a small part of me when they went into. Be like oh we just start deleting everything from her like very earliest childhood and you have sad we like not sadness like at that point uh joy had become sadness she's just grieving mm-hmm. her grieving the loss of memory and uh that broke me in some capacity but i just it, it was almost like they're just dumping all of her riley's earliest childhood memories for just you know be like be like, oh, we're gonna bring another sad moment. <laughs> but I mean, you don't remember what you things were like when you were two years old. That is true. That is true. I'd be like, it's it's a good point. I agree. It's a good point. Just putting all that out. Yeah, that's true. And plus I was kind of grabbing at straws for the last one. Let's just say that. That's fair. <laughs> that's very fair. Mm-hmm.
1: My Third dislike is, and this is so much a net pick. Why don't we see representations of memories in the father's or mother's mind? And we do get at least see the hot Brazilian copilot memory, (laughs) but we never see like on Riley's they're making up like the back wall. So they can pull them up at any time. Mm -hmm. And then they dump them into long-term memory. Uh, but we don't see anything like that in the father or mother's memories that's true my question is why wait we don't know that we don't get to see their personality islands and I'm not mm. saying they need to like point them out and it's like oh yes this is the mother's person like, yeah like you're showing me a a group picture of them at the console why can't I see out the back window and get an idea of like a see like a family island or a riley island yeah. for the mother i could see that easy yeah and uh dad should just be hockey <laughs> hockey and probably uh uh
2: the love for his wife the love, the for, for, his love his wife. for his wife yeah. and daughter Little
1: things like that yeah show me that stuff in the backgrounds. give me some more the thing is this yeah, movie is so good about backgrounds yeah
2: that when it doesn't do something with the backgrounds it's like yeah why didn't you do something there at least, like like this little glimpse of maybe yeah. in the corner, you can see something, but they don't. I, I don't like need
1: like super super complex back there. Mm-hmm. But it's like, let me see something in the distance, like mm-hmm. through a window. You don't even have to have it like sharp resolution. You can keep it fuzzy and out of focus, so I can just like figure, oh, that there's there's I can see one of Mom's uh, personality islands just mm-hmm. out there in the distance. Yeah, can't tell what it is,
2: but it's there true give me something like that yeah agreed but there i i, I can see where from a writing standpoint in a, a a writing standpoint an artistic standpoint you want to keep everything on riley be like everything about yes. her her emotions that's why i'm
1: saying don't like point it out i'm just saying yeah. if you know
2: give some give us some, give like us some that, detail
1: for, if her mind is like that yeah to some degree, since so she is related by blood to both of her parents, mm-hmm. there should be at least some similar architecture, I guess that's the best word I'm looking for. It. True. So, I mean, I'm still assuming there should be a window on the back wall where, they could, where the emotions could see the personality islands. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Even if we can't make out what those personality islands are. Okay. I want to see that they're there. Yeah. But maybe it's just not important and there was a good thought process in there. I mean, mom's mom's uh, mind looked like the set of The View and dad's mind looked like the set of ESPN. <laughs> yes, I agree. So maybe I should just <laughs> let it go, but... That was good. That was good. We need to rate this thing. Yes, we do. What are you rating it? What are you rating it? I'm I curious. Would. Uh, I am actually going with 8.5. This is a very cleverly uh, designed film. It's Mm -hmm. a fun one to watch. It may not be one I go back to regularly just because I don't really connect with the characters. Okay. Myself fair. Fair. but, uh, I can appreciate what they were doing, the type of story they were telling. Uh, and then of course the animation, because the animation is very good in this. Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah, I give it an 8.5.
2: Okay. I give this movie a nine. It's well done, like story wise, Mm -hmm. uh, beautifully designed, like the way they design the, uh, the imagination in the world of Riley's mind it is just so well crafted and well designed. The, the emotional uh, spectrum is all over the place. I enjoy it Uh, from a psychological standpoint. It's done very well. You you like you understand where they're going with like everything that's going on, and uh, the journey in which our characters go is just the emotional roller coaster, and it's great. Like you see Riley, like from her you know her adolescence into her preteen years, and you see that emotional spectrum, which is done very well. And uh, I wish and pray that Disney would, our Disney Pixar would go back to that and mm-hmm. do in depth beautiful stories like this um i just don't see it in the near future um unless like you know this um, i don't know what is the next pixar film coming out i don't remember because i have disney's wish elemental elemental just came out just came out let me look and i don't know if that did very well because right now all the disney movies aren't disney movies and their affiliates are not doing well
1: yeah, bear in mind, there's a writer strike going on right now. That is so true. Anything I'm about to say mm-hmm. is up in the air as terms of actual release. Right, things, but right, I can right, right. Kind of give you an idea as to what's yeah. next. If I can click the yeah, right button on here,
2: Wish is the one that's coming from Disney. I know yeah, that. Yeah, it's Disney. Yeah.
1: But most of those lines should be finished.
2: Yeah, that uh, was finished. Uh, yeah, Elvis it's b-
1: currently scheduled that. Elio is yes. supposed to come out March first, twenty twenty four. Yeah, and Inside Out two is also scheduled next year for June fourteenth. Yeah, but writer strike could screw and actor strike mm-hmm. could mess all that up. That so. is true. We shall that all in mind.
2: Exactly. Uh,
1: join us on the other side of the break, and we will get to talking about uh, what we've been watching, some stuff in the news, and. Talk about some X-Men.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, what are we? What are we? Uh, what are oh, what's the next movie we're doing? We're looking
1: at rev, uh, doing a plus review next week on Oppenheimer.
2: Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm. Movie that's currently in theaters.
1: Yes. So yeah, we're doing a new one next week. Mm-hmm. So join us for that.
2: This podcast is a proud member of Culture Box. Whether you enjoy geeky reviews, comedy, or original fiction, you can open up the culture box and find something excellent for your soul. Point your web browser to culturebox.media.
1: This week, we suggest the Retro Rewind Podcast. Every other week, join the Retro Rewind Pod as they travel back 15 years or more along the entertainment space-time continuum in their mission to review movies and games establishing what is so worth your time today and what isn't. Expect fun banter and travel insights from Francisco, Paul, the master interrupter powers, and a rotating cast of guest hosts, all of which are out of time. You're welcome, Roy, for being on the so Disney happy, episode. I'd
0: like to thank uh-huh. the following patrons, Ashley and Francisco Ruiz, Book of Gaming pauljpowers.com and Melanie Dubois and apparently I'm lazy because I get not to take this off Plus, uncut episodes early access to the Cellcast Plus reviews and special art from Jacob please donate to us on Patreon
1: so Jacob I've got a question for you my friend
0: what have you been watching
2: what have I been watching so uh a lot of YouTube actually uh so while I was, I, I'm a little bit ahead in X-Men, the anime series in season three, I'm a little bit ahead. Because surprise, surprise, you just keep watching it. And uh, so I was like, you know what? Be like, I've already watched the episodes we are reviewing. So why not find something else? And so I was like, wait a minute. I've had gargles on the brain for like the last, like most of the day, because something came out of Sendio Comic-Con. I was like, oh my God so yeah i'll talk about that in a minute but it reminded me of another show that came out in the 1990s part of uh disney afternoons also known as gargoyles so i started watching gargoyles back in the day when it came out and i rewatched it a couple of like a year ago or so and you know what I'd be like i'll be like i love that first season it's amazing story-wise animation-wise character development character growth is so well done and if you've never seen gargoyles it's on disney plus if you subscribe described disney plus go watch it it's worth it's worth watching uh it's might be a little dated for our you know our modern audience because they use a flip phone at some point and um uh, but it's an amazing show go watch it um and plus uh date what is it david keith I'm saying, it. yeah, David Keith. Yeah, David Keith is the voice of Goliath, and that's that man has an amazing voice. <laughs> I like the 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 line in which, uh, like, you hear him just roar it. If I'm going to say it right, it's going to be like, I have been denied everything, even my revenge. I was like, oh my, oh oh, like that's amazing line. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. yes. So yes, uh, you say little...
1: all that, and you don't, you fail to mention that. Jonathan Frakes and Marina Sirtis
2: yeah. are playing evil lovers. I, I was going to give. Evil Riker and Troy, it's hilarious. Yes.
1: For me, anyway.
2: Yeah. Yeah, because that would be like if, if you. I'm just waiting for, for evil Riker
1: up there to call the, the female gargoyle Mzadi, and you don't even know what that means. No, I have no
2: idea what you're talking about. Betazoid for beloved. <laughs> That's what Riker always calls Troy. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Oh, my gosh.
1: Anyway. (laughs) All right.
2: Continue. We're still on your section. No, I'm good. I'm done. I'm done. done? I'm just, I'm not like the... the depth of nerdiness you are in Star Trek, it's funny. It's, it's it's great, and it's just funny is all out. So, yeah, no, no no shade there. I just thought it was great. <laughs> really? This is the game we're going to be playing? <laughs> hey, I'm not throwing shade. I thought it was funny. <laughs>
1: so all you've watched is gargoyles. Yeah, that's all. And a lot of them. YouTube.
2: And a lot of YouTube. Yeah. Unless I'm completely forgetting Not something. That's what I know of. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, I don't know what you've been watching. We don't hang I, out I, I, much. I would hope so. They just don't know what I, what I
1: watch. Uh, now, I have been, well, since we have a month and 10 days-ish until Ahsoka comes out on Disney Plus. Yeah. I and it's looking very much like Star Wars Rebels season 5. I am ploughing through Star Wars Rebels. <laughs> I am about halfway through season 1. Yeah. Uh it's a good show. I actually do suggest it. And if especially if you want to catch up on a soak before mm-hmm. before soak before then, yeah. you can pretty much jump in there. There's a couple things you might need to know about ahead of time, but mm-hmm. um but yeah, you can kind of just jump in there and just have a ball with with the crew of the Ghost. Uh, but yeah, that's I've been watching that, and of course I watched the new episode of Star Star Trek: Strange and New Worlds. That was a good one, Nick. Oh, I'll get I'll wait for the news for that. Uh, other than that, that's pretty much all I've had a chance to watch. Gotcha. So, what do we have in the news? The
0: Cellcast News with your host Jacob Heron.
2: Ah, why think you deal it? So, San Diego Comic Con is happening right now, uh huh, in San Diego. Uh huh, so for Animation guys like us, it's like, oh, my gosh, we're going to get a ton of stuff. We hope. Um, We hope. And we already have. So uh, going into it, uh, apparently, uh, Ryan Reynolds, famous actor, Deadpool, what have you, uh, apparently is trying to revive a certain TV show a cartoon from the 1990s. Something I remember watching. It was cool. Some about mice on bikes. Why? <laughs> All right, so let me read the article. Why? Because <laughs> it's cool, nostalgia. Okay. Why biker mice <laughs> from Mars? Because it's funny and cool. It's biker mice from Mars. And your point? It's
1: one step above. Uh, tattooed teenage alien fighters from beverly hills
2: Ow! no 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 danger mice
1: danger mouse was a thing
2: danger mouse i'm sorry danger mouse yes uh so let me read the article but yes biker mars Mars was awesome for a 90s kid now granted you watch him nowadays it's like whoa okay that's a bit weird but biker Mars mars is really cool i enjoy it i know drew doesn't real apparently really like biker mice swat cats us. was better oh i agree i completely agree yes
1: mm-hmm. the swat <laughs> cats need to eat the biker mice from mars
2: <laughs> yes that's so funny like we we need a biker we need a um uh, SWAT cats TV show again, please. Thank you very much. Someone do it for us. Thank you. We'd be all appreciated. All right. So going to the article itself, another nineties cartoon classic is revving up wonk 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 uh, to burn rubber. We're going to get these puns to this entire article. People. Now it sounds like you're trying to describe power Rangers turbo. <laughs> Apparently we don't talk about turbo in
1: some, some shows. Oh, we talked about it. Yeah, Yeah, We ran that thing into the ground. (laughs) If that episode of Power Trip ever comes out,
2: which I will publish, I will uh, post
1: links when it does, that's going to be a trip to listen to.
2: So you rode the tires off of it? I'm not
1: going to go too much into it because that would be
2: spoiling. Yes. All right. so uh, burning rubber into the a screen revival (laughs) sorry with uh the news that actor producer and motorcycle motorcycle enthusiast Ryan Reynolds from Deadpool films free guy and the upcoming I didn't know this this is going to be interesting if it happens Dragon's Lair the movie you know Dragon's Lair Dragon's Lair
1: The movie that's been in production for 10 years. Something like that. Because he
2: can't, because, because, um, what's his name? Don Bluth. Don Bluth can't get funding. That's true. He's always had problem funding with anything, but, um,
1: I nearly said Ralph Bakshi. Okay. Okay. Fair (laughs) enough. I know it's not Ralph Bakshi
2: there. Okay. Uh, so apparently he signed to be a a co-producer with, um, Nestle Company's reboot of *Microbeast from Mars*, This latest take on the sci-fi action tune, is also being co-produced by television streaming service Fub- 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 Fub? Fubi? Fubi. Fubu. 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 You know, Fubu. Fubo. I'm Fubo.
1: That's it. Fubu. No, oh, I think it's Fubo, but I was yeah,
2: thinking FUBAR. Fubo. Right. <laughs> it sounds like a FUBAR. <laughs> All right. So uh, today. During the official um, Star Trek, the animated celebration panel at San Diego Comic-Con, going on in, obviously, San Diego, California. Uh, fans receive a sneak peek into the year's salute, into the 50th anniversary of Star Trek's first folly into animation, Star Trek, the anime, animated series. Um so it appears that CBS Studios is creating five all-new animated promotional spots in the style of the Star Trek animated uh, animated series featuring fan-favorite characters voiced by cast members from across the Star Trek universe, including Jonathan Franks, Doug Walker, or Doug Jones, mm-hmm. and Amon sure Armin Shimmerman. Armin Shimmerman. Thank you, Armin Shimmerman. Armin Shim- Shimmerman. Yeah, Armin Shimmerman. Thank you. Uh,
1: so, AKA, you just said Riker,
2: Saru, and Quark. Quark. Someone knows their Star Trek. I've been watching it since I was five. That is true. That is true. So
1: it is my earliest memory coming home from church and watching Star Trek. Fair Give enough. me a
2: break. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, so... Um, I, I saw a bit like there again, going back to our childhood. Cause apparently the nineties and late like eighties are so nostalgia for everybody. Definitely. People our age. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Max is bringing back another show, which I remember fond memories of, but it's just, it's an updated version of it. So during the Cineo Comic-Con, or as the article starts class, Cartoon Glass is in session.
1: Me,
0: exactly. all
2: a little loony, and in this cartoon. So invading today invading at the com- uh, San Diego Comic-Con, uh, Tiny Tunes Looniversity so released so the so official theme song to its upcoming about. animated series, they which debuts this fall on Cartoon Networks and on Max. The new the new theme composed by Matthew Jesurun, Probably pronounced pronounce it wrong. Uh
1: it
2: was who has done many things, uh strikes and nostalgic chord, uh by showcase uh showcasing Bruce Bottmans? Uh, iconic theme from the Tiny uh, Tiny Tune Adventure, uh, which you can hear Drew singing the entire time, because it's like Riley's, you know, the the the, the gum theme in your head. You just can't get rid of it.
1: Time tune Adventures coming. So
2: yes, I I, I do plan I'm on putting the one from '91. <laughs> yeah. That's yes great. this this one is 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 a slight update. Slight difference. Yeah, because apparently they are no longer in high school, but in college. So they were going to Acme Luniversity, either way. That is true. So... And apparently, what is it? Not Bugs. What's the... Uh, uh, Babs and Buster Bunny. Buster. Apparently Buster and uh, Plucky are roommates. That's going to be interesting. Well, you couldn't have <laughs> had him and Babs. Yeah, because
1: no, that would just be... No. Because they have no relation.
2: No, they don't. Definitely not. All right. So... um, Oh my gosh. So... So, uh, going back to the '80s this time, and I know a show I watched, sure wasn't allowed to watch for some bizarre reason. But there we go.
1: <laughs>
2: in advance, in, in advance of Paramount Pictures releasing the brand new Teenage Mutant Turtles: Mutant Mayhem to theaters, exclusive to the theaters on April second. If you to go watch it, go watch it. It sounds interesting. I'm pretty sure we're going to do a reaction to it at some point. But um, uh, Nickelodeon announced the acquirement of the original Frank uh, Fred Wolf Teeny Ninja Turtles animated series um, from 1987 to 1996. The news is shared during today's panel for the upcoming film at the Cineo Comic Con. And with that, uh, so the, the whole reason I brought up... Um, wow, I am terrible with names. One moment, please. Thank you.
1: Mikey, Raph...
2: No no. no, 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 no. Uh, Ke- uh Keith Davis, who... Keith vo- David, yeah. Yeah, Keith David, who voiced Goliath. I wish they were bringing back, you know, uh gargoyles. That'd be amazing, but they're not. What keith david is doing though they revealed during i think it was during uh a he-man panel at cineo comic-con they haven't shown trailers or anything yet but for the upcoming masters of the universe revolution that's, exactly of the universe. so <laughs> apparently keith <laughs> I don't david keith david did you watch that show? No. Okay. Well, never mind. I didn't
1: watch He Man.
2: Okay. Not for long, anyway. That's true. I can totally get it. But Keith David is voicing Hordak. I'm like, ha! Ah! <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you very much. Because <laughs> that iconic voice as a villain is always good. So, yes, bring it. <laughs> so, yeah, that's all I have for the news and let's draw something I don't know about one
1: minor thing if you are listening to us live next Thursday which is what
2: that's a good question what is Thursday next, next week
1: July 27th hmm. if you are if, you, have, if uh, you enjoy Star Trek Lower Decks that is when the crossover episode with Strange oh. New and- Airing, it is going to be an episode titled "Those Old Scientists." Oh, in hmm. reference to what um I can't remember character names now. The first officer always referred to the because uh, he called he calls it the TOS era when during Kirk's time. Mm-hmm. Of course, we call it TOS era because that stands for the original the series. series. Yes, he says it stands for "Those Old Scientists." Mm. And it is that time period, so yeah, yes. and they released a clip as a part of this week's ready room uh, which is their like uh, after show basically mm-hmm. for for a for, uh, Star Trek. They showed a clip from next week with uh Boimler in bay with uh Anson Mount and uh, you know his Pike and mm-hmm. um, una standing over him. Uh, that's number one uh, okay. It doesn't tell you much. No, you it know doesn't. Who
2: any of these characters are. No, I don't. <laughs> I know who Anson Mount as Pike is.
1: Yes. Uh, and there's even a portion says here. You might want this back. You don't want to uh, to pollute the timeline any. And Boylan recognizes uh, Una and and gets spooked and runs off. And she goes. You don't think he knows something about my future, does he? I'm thinking, no, that's just Boimar. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks you're cute, Una, <laughs> and then he runs scared. That'll be interesting to see. He does have purple hair.
2: Wow, He does have purple. Wow, hair. that is good. That is good. I'm just dyed say, purple hair. Wow, I'm dark, just it's be, a dark purple, but yes. I'm. I'm just going to say this, be like, yes, you are correct, Roy. I
1: have already decided. Whenever we get back to lower decks, mm-hmm. we're probably starting off with the Strange New Worlds episode. Yeah. So whenever that
2: occurs, keep an eye out for that. Yeah, I do. I do have an idea, but we'll talk about it. Yeah, after the show is ended. Okay. So the next time the internet hiccups, maybe. Hopefully, hey. hopefully it doesn't this time. But
1: Before it does that, mm-hmm. why don't we talk about some? X Men
2: Previously on X Men.
1: I a hunky hunky super superhero, superhero. And, and electrically, electrically transistor, transistor superhero and hunky exotically hunky erotic and acting superhero. Hunk the Marvel superheroes have arrived. X-Men, X-Men, it's today, it's today, X-Men, X-Men, come on your way! Spider-Man and his amazing friends, Iceman and Firestar! In tears. Dr. Doom is up in tears when Iron Man joins the fight. But soon you see the sky, the hammer has swung.
2: Hunger's might, hunger's might, who will save the day? The superhero squad. I tried, we tried, it was good, it was a good attempt.
1: Many crickets on a pogo stick Uh, Uh, agreed X-Men season four we're finally really getting into it even though we technically started last time Sanctuary parts one and two originally aired December 21st 1995 and that's right October 21st 95 and October 28th 95 respectively these episodes were directed by Larry Houston and Fred Miller and written by Stephen Melching and Jeff Saylor respectively Weary of battling mutant supremacy,
2: I am Magneto, Master of Magnet.
1: (laughs) Offer to transport all mutants to an orbiting asteroid named Asteroid M, where they can live peaceful and human-free lives. As Magneto plummets helplessly to Earth, Fabian Cortez assumes control of Asteroid N and sends hundreds of missiles towards Earth. Getting into the cast for this, we have Len Carlson reprising his role as President Robert Kelly, a U.S. delegate, and Marco Delgado. David Fox as the Sentinels. Jeffrey Max Nichols as Fabian Cortez. Uh, Susan Roman as Amelia Vogt. James Blendick as Apocalypse. Paul Haydad as Byron Kelly, Dave Hennessy as Chrome. Ellen uh, Ray Hennessy as Carmela Unisclone. And, of course... David Hamblin as Magneto.
2: I am Magneto, Master of Magnet. (laughs) I'm sorry, I have missed Magneto uh, on this show. Yeah, agreed. (laughs) And he doesn't do a lot in these two episodes. No, but he's a character at least. (laughs) True.
1: Uh, Getting into the trivia for this one. Uh, together, Sanctuary parts one and two are a very loose adaptation very loose. of the mutant Genesis storyline from X-Men volume two, issues one through three of the Jim Lee, Chris Claremont mm-hmm. era of X-Men comics, volume two, 1991. Yeah. In this episode, we get the debut of Acolytes, Magneto's followers on Asteroid N, which are Fabian Cortez, Amelia Vogt, Marco Delgado, Joanna Cargill, and Fr- Frenzy. Chrome, and Carmelo Unision, and Byron Callie slash Burner. We get cameos from Doc Samson, while Gamba is scrolling through a list of of missing scientists. We get cameos from X-Factor, a.k.a. Havoc, Polaris, Strong Guy, that is literally the name they listed, Mm. Quicksilver, Wolfsbane, and Forge. Gideon and Haven are all seen as Cortez addresses the people of Earth and this is my favorite listing of cameo because apparently they couldn't tell which of these two characters it was supposed to be it's either black panther or moon knight oh it was
2: black panther that was
1: black panther that was black panther come on tell you that was black panther they landed in wakanda let's be honest uh in this episode professor xavier wears his purple and silver shiar exoskeleton which allows him to walk this suit was first seen in the comics during Fatal Attractions crossover events. However, in this episode, Xavier is not seen walking at all in this episode. Lastly, Deathbird, sister of De and Lalandra, mm-hmm. is seen alongside Apocalypse when he addresses Cortez, indicating that she has allied herself with Apocalypse. This is a weird two-boat couple of episodes. Yes, it is. It's a, a bad couple episodes. It's it's just this feels very odd odd is the best way i know how to put it it's, it's like after they finished uh uh the, the, the dark phoenix saga mm-hmm. they just decided oh we need a season opener let's do that thing we were gonna that uh, uh pride of the x-men was going to be based on except different and it is different yes very uh at least there's a can a decent plot line through this true but at the same time i'm going why are any of you listening to fabian cortez about any of this the man is a liar you can tell that from when he first shows up
2: mm-hmm. uh what are your thoughts oh my gosh this these two episodes were so funky it was i was like okay magneto shows up be like oh we got sanctuary
1: yeah, we really kind of messed this up, not we did <laughs> putting uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame <laughs> with this ep- pairing it with these episodes. I Agreed. Which is ironic, because both of those are my picks. Why didn't I think of that? Actually, I know why I didn't think of that, and it's because the movie lists and the TV thing went up and down as I was trying to figure something out. Oh, okay. Out. I got That's you. why they didn't line up, not because I didn't think of it at all until tonight okay
2: anyway so like it's interesting but like magneto finally shows back up and does something finally thank you very much Uh um but his role is so it's more like oh we get all these mutants to go up to this this uh you know space uh space station Asteroid. Asteroid M. That's asteroid. M. I'm sorry. It's asteroid M. Yeah. Technically, I would
1: classify it as a space station in terms yeah. of structure. True. But they it is
2: asteroid M. It is an a- asteroid M. Space
1: station. Which apparently stands for mutant, not for magneto. magneto. Yeah. The master of
2: magnet. Mag- oh. oh. Sorry. <laughs> Gonna play that clip to death. <laughs> cuz we may we may not get another episode where Magneto is in it. Yeah, he may well you know I'll find a way to play this. <laughs> oh yeah, time. absolutely. Absolutely. But like yeah, this this episode is it, like it's de- these two episodes are decent. Uh the animation is okay. The the story is oh, Magneto shows up. Oh, he's going to bring all these mutants over to uh asteroid M and oh yeah, that's not going to cause problems. Like it normally does Magneto. Come on, think it through a little better.
1: Especially when you go and attack Genosha. Yeah, true. You didn't. An- another you that sanctuary. That's not a sanctuary. That's a slave pit.
2: Oh, never mind. As we know that is true. But they're claiming they're a sanctuary in this episode. Yes, which we know they're not. We hate. We
1: we do not like the use of the word uh, sl- slave. They the we we are just uh, keeping. We're just managing mutant powers like we would any other resource. The peep, the citizens of a free, a free Genosha. The mutant citizens of free Genosha are not slaves. They are free. And going, yeah,
2: right. Are they? Are they free to free to to leave Genosha? I don't think so. They're not even allowed to wear different clothes, apparently. <laughs> but it's like this: this these two episodes. I'd be mean like, yeah, you had this character who betrays Magneto master of Magnetism and it's just like you could not see this coming a mile away and everybody's convinced like oh they like the X-Men destroy Magneto blah blah blah, blah. I'm going to become a dictator of um, asteroid M and blah 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 it's like you don't like you wouldn't think that Magneto is not going to come back because obviously he's going to come back mm-hmm. but it's just it's oh my gosh I think it's just so cliche like, I, I will say I I don't even remember a hard, half the episode.
1: I will say I appreciate that Magneto is actually having to deal with his people. Yeah, I agree. Because that's who Magneto was. He's the terrorist mm-hmm. bent on forcibly uh putting mutants you know on top. That's how he's generally depicted. Yeah. And now he's having to face the people who are pretty much him when they go. Wait, there are humans aboard the space station? Oh, yeah, yeah, the bridges. Yeah, we're not monsters, guys. Yeah. And it's like, I don't care. I I hate all humans. Kill the humans. They're just astronauts. It's they're like, like yeah, and newsflash, you're human too, you bozo. They're technically, they're cosmonauts, but That's sure. True. And they're probably smarter
2: than you because they are cosmonauts.
1: <laughs> well, that just means they're Russian astronauts, but still. <laughs> hmm. So they drink the good water. <laughs> they know how to crush sparrow egg with man's thighs. Apparently. Because this is the only way I know how to do this voice. Um, anyway. Uh, I, these are a fun couple episodes. I, I was thrown off. So so, the internet issues we've kind of been fighting a little bit tonight. They've kind of started earlier in the day and that's why I had gone ahead and reset Mm -hmm. the internet before you came over here and we started because i had to start and stop this second episode of this like three or four times oh to get through because it was just literally starting something so the first time i saw wolverine in his cool blue suit i'm going is that an animation error or is that real oh wait it has to be real rogues in a different costume too Mm -hmm. and then you get to Mm -hmm. uh xavier go wow that's a fashion choice <laughs> uh the, i like that we introduced some new suits even though we probably will never see those suits again. probably because <laughs> it would be about part and parcel with every other design change the characters have had in the last three years of the show yeah but uh uh, it, it's it was a, they're they're fun couple episodes. That's
2: yeah, when it comes down to agreed. I mean, like I, I I watched this probably like a week ago, mm-hmm. and uh, I just blew through them watching them, and it was like it's serviceable for a story, kind of. But uh, overall, be like I don't have no I have vaguely memories of them. Obviously the the costume designs is like yes we finally get costume different designs. Thank you very much. Uh, you get more of this throwback to like, uh, I think it was like, uh, X factor Wolverine, his costume mm-hmm. at some point. I thought that was a cool idea. Um, rogues design. I think it's storms design. Like we get different designs for characters, which I like, but the story itself is kind of blase. Right, right. So I think that's pretty
1: much all we have I, to really talk I, about this episode. Because so, I and mean, it was for the most part a very straightforward. Yeah, it was a episode. There's nothing really that stood out as particularly bad, but yeah. it was just a fun little episode. Yeah. Agreed. Next week, along with Oppenheimer, we're going to be reviewing the episodes Xavier Remembers and Courage. Mm-hmm. So join us next week for that. You got anything else before we head out of here? Uh, no. I, I've got, I think, yeah, I got nothing. All right. Join us next week for those things. And in the meantime, oh, one other little thing. If you are live right now, mm-hmm. check the RSS feed tomorrow morning. There will be a new episode for y'all. Very yeah. special new episode that y'all don't even know is coming. So yeah. keep an eye out for that. In the meantime, this has been Drew, this is Jacob, and we'll catch you in the next frame.
0: You can follow Jacob on his Facebook at Jacob B. Heron. His Facebook page, Jacob's Daily Art Corner, where he tries to draw each and every day. His Instagram at Jacob B. Heron. His Twitter at Jacob Heron. And his letterbox to Jacob Heron. You can find Drew on Facebook at Drew Dodgen. His Facebook page, Drew's Photo Bin to see his photography. His letterboxed page at GGeorge759. His Twitter at GGeorge759. And Instagram at Drew Dodgen. You can like us on Facebook at The Cellcast Podcast. On Twitch at The Cellcast Gaming. On YouTube at Cellcast. On Twitter at Cast underscore Cell. The Cellcast can be found at Apple Podcasts. Google Play Podcasts. Stitcher. Spotify. Or anywhere else fine podcasts are downloaded from. Please rate and review us where you found us, and also on Podchaser. Email us at thecellcastpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. The Cellcast is a proud member of both the Pop Americana and Culture Box media networks. For more information, please see the link in the description. Our theme song is Drop and Roll by Silent Partner. And remember, that's Cell, with a single L.
1: smile triple dent gum it lasts a while triple dent gum will help you mister to punch bad breath right in the kisser triple dent gum i'm getting such a headache